0: Hello and welcome to the ALBA Diversity Podcast, an ALBA Network undertaking to profile and highlight diverse and immigrant neuroscientists. The ALBA Network aims to promote equity and diversity in the brain sciences. We talk to neuroscientists across positions, career paths and backgrounds to better understand their personal journeys we showcase the grit and determination it takes to overcome hurdles as part of underrepresented or minority groups. We talk about what keeps them going as individuals and as neuroscientists in today's world.
1: I am Dr. Noelia Fernandez-Castillo and I work at the University of Barcelona as a researcher. I finished my PhD 10 years ago, and I've been working basically on understanding the genetic basis of psychiatric disorders, especially focused on addiction, ADHD, aggressive behavior, and also autism. I use different methods and techniques and animal models and so on to go through the genes to understand what's going on. It's
0: always really fascinating to see when people start thinking about the brain. When was the first time you started thinking about the brain and neurons and and neuroscience in general?
1: I'm pretty sure I was very, very little. What (laughs) I have been told many times is that since I was maybe four years uh, old or something like that, I used to ask many questions to adults and many questions that they were annoyed because I couldn't even... (laughs) I really think that my parents and and my family understood that I I really liked and enjoyed science. They gave me a microscope toy that I, yeah, I used it a lot. That's a (laughs) perfect gift. And I used to draw a lot of what I saw. And there were some cartoons in the TV and it explains how the human body worked. Each episode was one system or organ or whatever and I really loved the one focused on the brain and also the one focused on the, uh, how chromosomes and the DNA worked, and so on as well. And so, yeah, I, I remember thinking about how does memory work? How is it that I can speak or that I can control with my brain, my hand? Where is it located? How it works? Also, I think that another thing that made me interested on, on neuroscience was to know about Santiago y Cajal. Which, uh, yeah, I think that maybe um, in Spain kids are, are more into neuroscience just because of that. We are told about who he was, why he won the Nobel Prize and so on. And he made a, such a great contribution that since he's from our country, I think that it's like a model or something that makes you to understand that it's also possible for you.
0: Do you have somebody who you consider to be a mentor? Who, somebody who you feel has guided you, maybe not just you know, career-wise.
1: Well, when I was a little girl, I think that my parents and also my grandma especially were models for me in some things that are important for me during my whole life and also to do research. My parents were motivating me a lot to pursue science. They just thought I could and I could do what I wanted. So they made me believe that I should follow what I wanted. So I think that that's really important at the end. To have the support of the people you love. There were some teachers that really motivated me and told me that I could do that. When I started to do research, of course, there were, well, my supervisors and so on also helped me a lot. When I started to collaborate with other research groups and joining some European projects, well, one of the things that I really think that are very important is that European projects have a mentorship program. And that really helped me. And regarding uh, becoming a PI, I really think that these mentors I mentioned from European projects have helped me a lot especially because well I really thought oh, I was not good at all and and not able to, to pursue that and I think that they gave me another feedback all of them that I needed and to believe a, a bit more in
0: myself that's, that's that's what mentors are supposed to do so yes. I'm really glad you got the you got the right set at the right time and you know it made all the difference. Do you consider yourself to be a part of a minority group? And have there been any times where
1: you've sort of faced discrimination because of this? I'm handicapped and I have physical disabilities. Well, I have rheumatoid arthritis. So regarding diversity, well, not only diversity, but if I'm part of a minority or I have some sort of problems with discrimination, this is one of them. And of course, being a woman since i was very little i have a disease a chronic disease which is rheumatoid arthritis and so well i went through a lot of pain it was really difficult for me to walk until i was seven years old this is something that i really i really felt different from other kids because they play and i couldn't and um well a lot of things you know this has been something that has been important during my whole life because although then I could start walking and then I could do other things and also my parents forced me to do other things kids did (laughs) such as swimming and riding a bike and so on. I think that my parents, especially my father, was very aware that if I didn't move it would be even worse Mm. so the way that he found for me to start moving was swimming so he took me to the swimming pool and I was like five Or six years old it was hurting and and it was painful but as you move it gets better somehow and well i started to manage to walk and so on because yeah yeah and then uh well my father just had no limit in this sense and i think that this is one of the most important things that he has taught me not to think that you have limits and to try to push at the end you cannot it's just because it's really impossible but not to have a previous conception of what you can or you cannot do that's a great attitude to have yeah yeah but in this case for me it's like strange because uh i could barely move and he was like crazy thinking that i could ride a bike other people were like (laughs) but he was very persistent on that and you have to ride a bike like the other kids. And I was like, mm, <laughs> I don't think I can manage. <laughs> he pushed and pushed. Until but he I, saw I something it. in you.
0: I mean He saw something in you that you did not see in yourself.
1: And then, yeah, that really improved a lot my life. The fact that I was moving and doing some exercise and so on. And I started when I was about nine years old, I think I started to dance. <laughs> Even then, and well, although I was still having pain, then I have more mobility and could do more things, and I could have more a normal life like the other kids.
0: Have you found that having rheumatoid arthritis sort of stops you from doing some things? Like now, say possibly as a scientist in the lab, um, do you feel like rheumatoid arthritis? limits you.
1: Well, the thing is that, yeah, since I was a teenager and then in the university, everything went well and I almost had no physical problems. Well, I had them, but not uh, dramatically. And then I started to do my PhD and I had no problems at all. But by the end of my PhD, I started to have like uh, some mobility problems and a lot of pain. And then, at that time, it was the moment that I had to decide where to go for a postdoc and so on. And it was not possible, let's say, because I I could barely move, and yeah, I really thought that it was more important to focus on my health rather than going abroad. Which, at the end, in my country, it's like very important because you cannot continue in academia if you do not go abroad. And this is something that they take into consideration for positions and so on but by that time I was lucky because in my research group they had a contract which is not very common here in Spain for a postdoc and a brew while well, the PI offered me this position this contract and I said yes of course. This was a great opportunity to continue in science and then I went through some surgical interventions But I managed to, before the interventions, doing a lot of experiments and just kept the data to analyze everything when I was on the health leave. And then also managed to switch to more bioinformatical analysis and so on so that I could work at home and that was quite productive. Work keep me distracted from other stuff, so it was motivating also to have something to do. Congratulations, first of all, for getting that position.
0: Like you said, it must not be very common, and no, I'm no, really no. glad. I'm, I'm really glad you got it, and I'm glad it gave you the chance to still continue working. But still, I have to
1: gain a position, a stable position in the university. But meanwhile, I have this contract. And I really think that I that throughout these years, especially regarding physical problems, I mean, I'm very persistent and I always try to put more weight in the balance of the good things rather than the bad things because, mm. well, at the end, I was dealing with pain. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, it so, changes
1: you as a person, for sure. Yeah, and well, being persistent and putting more weight on the balance of positive things than negative things, I really think they are super important for doing science <laughs> because gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> Frustration is something that we
0: have to deal with. and But as a woman, have you faced anything specific? You know, has that made you pause and go, hey, you know, is this happening because I was a woman in neuroscience? I
1: have gone through discrimination for being a woman, such as all the other women. But the thing is that I think that this is quite more subtle and we are not aware of that. And this is one of the main problems. So I just started to think about that maybe six years ago when I started to know about feminism and also in conferences, some conferences on women in science for talking about these issues and so on were really helpful. And then I started to pay attention at those things. Like, oh, usually when I propose something, it's like I'm not convincing another person. But if the same idea comes from a man or the same idea just is supported by a man, then it turns out that it's a super great idea. And it's like, I've I said that before. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs>
0: It's one of the most common things we face as women, it's true. And, and there are ways around it, but it takes time, right? It takes time yes. to, like in the beginning when I was a student, I would never understand why, even though it was my idea and I said it first and people would never listen to me. But the exact same thing, just in a set of different words, if another man says it, somehow it's awesome and somehow it's amazing yes <laughs> um, like it's hard to understand i feel especially when you're coming to the understanding yourself and nobody is pointing it out to you uh, yes that's
1: true you've been dealing with that all your life so it's unconscious at the end you are just saying something and you are getting that reply that you
0: expect exactly and you, you learn from it
1: yes you learn yes. from
0: the reply and you're like oh yeah I know what they're going to say it, it helps if somebody points it out to you and says oh hey this is your idea they're just saying it again other than you know you sitting in like multiple meetings and going I don't know what is wrong with me like yes.
1: yeah, that's yeah, true.
0: self-doubt is a very very strong thing yeah. it's really hard to get over at the
1: end it's very important that we believe that we can do something right i think that at least most of the women i know that they have been doing a phd and maybe a postdoc they don't feel they can be a a principal investigator and even myself at some point i I still have doubts but (laughs) very little doubts because i understand that these doubts comes from gender bias and gender roles And this is something that we have to fight. we feel more insecure of leading a group and coordinating a group even though we are at least as capable as men or even more in some cases, of course.
0: I 100% agree. It's also not just a personal sort of thing to, to overcome, but it's also the fact that you've lived in a society that constantly doesn't give you like positive feedback about who you are and your capabilities, the things that you can do. Even if you haven't like directly experienced it I feel like you feel it you know one thing is it gives on good days (laughs) on positive days it gives me the confidence to say hey I can be better than that but on bad days you're like oh but you know if the system is like this you know what am I fighting against so I feel like it's both personal and it's also social cultural I feel like it's an everyday fight (laughs) like you have to wake up in the morning and tell yourself oh I know I can be a PI (laughs)
1: Yeah, more or less, I'm sort of, but, well, I really think we can change. Over. Yeah, but each of us have to, I mean, at least in our lives, be aware of discrimination, whatever it is, and fight against that. And if we do that in our close environment, in the workplace, in, in, with our friends, with other people, we are already making a change. If, I, if one in 10 people did that, probably that would be a, a huge change.
0: That is very true. That is, that is a great way of looking at it and it's a very positive way of looking at it. Diversity has become an overwhelming catchphrase recently. Um, what does diversity mean to you? And do you have like an event uh, that happened in your life or your career where being inclusive of diverse
1: viewpoints uh, played an important role. Since I was very little, I was aware of diverse, diversity just because I was pretty different from my kids, right? So I couldn't walk and the others could walk and, and play and whatever. But I was also aware that I had some skills and some capabilities that others didn't. And the other way around. So, I mean, it was not only physical, it was I mean, more mental skills yeah. uh, that I had and others had that I didn't. So I was quite aware of how different we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at that moment at least, my schoolmates and so on. That that helped in the sense that I didn't have in mind that something was wrong with me. In this yeah. it sense that I had some things that were good, yeah. right? And I had some capabilities that I that others didn't and the other way around. So That made a difference, thinking about diversity in this sense, I think, more than thinking of what you cannot do. Mm -hmm. Of course, these things that you cannot do, you can work on them and try to improve them. Yeah, at the end, it's important to keep in mind that we need each other, especially because we are diverse.
0: That's it. We're on the last questions. (laughs) Academia is usually notorious for not having any work-life balance. So how do you spend your time when you're not thinking about science and when you're not doing
1: science? Well, the thing is that I don't watch TV at all. I do not watch series. So. Yeah, my spare time I use it in other things, uh, meeting friends, talking to them, or so doing other activities. I play some music, but I'm not good at that, but I don't Because <laughs> you I don't like have to be good it. at it. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. No one has I, I'm not giving a concert, so <laughs> of I just do it because I like it. What do and, you play? Uh, <laughs> The ukulele. <laughs> oh. I spend a lot of time uh, on working with other people for changing the world a bit and i'm a social activist can you tell us a little more about that do you work with an organization uh well i started doing this to fight for the rights of scientists of young scientists at at that moment when i was doing my phd we got contracts and work rights so that was cool and i spent like eight years doing that at that moment and yeah during my phd and afterwards so i Does the group have a name? Yeah, it was called Federación de Jovenes Investigadores Precarios, which is the Spanish uh, Federation of Young Researchers. It was quite famous at the moment. It was quite important because it changed a lot and the situation for, for young researchers. From social activism, I have learned and applied a lot of things to work. It's like a, a, a feedback, right? From, yeah. from work, yeah. I can apply some things to, to yeah, social no, activism, that's but good. the other way around, especially the way to organize the work, to manage with different people, to work in team, lead um, something that has to be done with uh, important timing, to prioritize things also because, well, when you're working on a research project or when you're working in whatever you are doing, it's important to have a balance, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, project management skills will apply across, domains it's not just science related it's not just activism related it's true there's so much to learn yeah i really
1: enjoyed the interview i'm glad thank you yeah a lot
0: yeah yeah. (laughs) it was just
1: like chatting with a friend
0: (laughs) thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the alba diversity podcast To know more about the ALBA network and its activities to promote equity and diversity in the brain sciences, please visit alba.network. You can also register as a member for free and take full advantage of the network's resources. For more details, follow the Twitter handle at network underscore alba or albanetbrain on Facebook.